Hey, what's up, Star Mindsets? Uh, we're back in action. So we've got about five, six, or seven episodes that we recorded and are waiting to release. Not so much waiting, but just working on releasing it. And uh, yeah, I mean, things are going well here. Uh, we incorporated it as an LLC, so officially a business. Uh, and you know, it's like, it's just happened organically because we're talking to business owners and startup founders, uh, entrepreneurs of every walk of life. And we figured out that what the heck are we doing talking to all these people, but we're not an LLC. We're not a, officially a company. So that's, you know, a little two piece of advice, uh, two cents of advice to people who are looking to be entrepreneurs is really incorporate the business into the government or, you know, file, file legal documents to make it a company just because um, it's going to help you out so much in the long run with taxes and not only taxes, but being able to use certain tools that'll uh, grow the business. Um, for example, give me a sec. For example, we just started using Stripe and that's how we got one of our, our very first uh, paid customer. And it was just, you know, kind of seamless. Like we didn't have to do all, <laughs> we didn't have to do any talking, closing people over the phone or Zoom. Just send them a link and here, you know, pay this and, you know, we'll get started on this project service for you. And I mean, that's the advice I have for entrepreneurs, you know, like we talk a lot of about in depth about people's stories here. But uh, I just wanted to, you know, give some advice because, you know, advice is uh, it can come from anyone. But, you know, when you have a proof of uh, real life experience that went into that work, uh, it's more credible. Um, and we wouldn't feed you guys, you know, nonsense here and just say, <laughs> say like, you know, uh, start drop shipping or like run affiliate ads. You know, you got to do what works for you. You got to do what you're passionate about. I mean, for instance, this podcast, uh, we didn't make any money at the start. We just, you know, wanted to record and remember what uh, people said for book content. And, you know, there's a whole nother, whole nother uh, can of worms that we're going to get into about writing a book, but running a business, uh, sprouted from the seeds that we had, uh, planted for writing a book. And, you know, there's so much on that. So I'll include that in a separate podcast, but today I'd love to welcome a world renowned, um, world renowned entrepreneur, designer, artist, um, and somebody who's changing lives and really helping the future of design, uh, and this guy's name is Anil Reddy, and he's a CEO, or he was the creator, and now he's director, I believe. But he's a founder of Lollipop.Design. So if you are in the market for uh, UX design for your startup, or you know somebody who is, check him out, DM them. They're amazing. Really, really, not just saying that, but uh, meaning what I'm saying. Uh, especially more there but here comes the podcast check it out see you guys on the show
learned that you were sweeping floors in India growing up and kind of had a, I guess, like a difficult upbringing where, you know, things were difficult and family life was hard. And I can, I can only imagine India, you know, depending on social system or social class that they, they, they really do have like a class system, right? It's not like America where like it's bougie middle class or bougie poor from what I've heard. And so today's episode is, uh, we're talking to Anil Reddy. He is the founder and design director of Lollipop Design. Uh, they're a terrorologic company, but they weren't always a terrorologic company. And Anil created the company. He's a really good designer. They're actually, I'm, I'm reading everywhere that uh, they're India's best design company. So <laughs> if that's an opinion or fact, I, I think uh, I, I'll support that statement. Um, but Anil, thank you so much. And humbly wanted to welcome you into the podcast today. Thank you so much, Dan. It's my pleasure. And um, I'm super excited about this uh, podcast. I think this is my second, this is my third podcast. So yeah, (laughs) I think the last two has been uh, really good where I spoke my heart out and that's how it's going to be now. And that's, that's how it should always be. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, man. Um, I don't really know where to begin, but I guess like, where are you from and uh, what's your origin story or things like that? Born and brought up uh, in a city called Bangalore. That's in the southern part of India. Uh, now Bangalore is known as the Silicon Valley or the Silicon Hub of India, like how Bay Area is. <laughs> so um, if you want to talk about startups, technology, or even digital design, Bangalore is the place. So that's the city I was born and brought up. Um, back in the 1980s, I was born in 1980. And... Um, and schooling, everything was in Bangalore. And uh, like you mentioned about the class, yes, India does uh, recognize people with uh, which class you come from. But uh, it, it's it's not a bad thing. It's 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 about just identifying your financial uh, status and which class you belong to, whether you're you're a poor poor middle or middle or upper middle or rich. So these are the classes it's broken into. So I come from the poor middle class. Wow, kudos to you, man. Well, I, I guess, like, was that difficult just because, you know, people had bias against you? Like, you know, you tell them that, or they see you where you're from and then automatically associate you with, like, a certain lifestyle and they don't give you, like, chances or, like, was that something that you encountered? Uh, there's nothing like that. I think it's, uh-huh. we see such things in the movies, but in real life, in India, Indian, uh, the people in India and uh, even the entire uh, the, the, um, the ecosystem or the help in India is so amazing that nobody looks at class or maybe in certain places, but I never came across anything like that. So people were really nice, very welcoming. And, um, and I think, you know, the day it's the talent that matters. Once you see a person, if the person is talented, all your class and where you come from really doesn't matter. I never faced anything like that, but I always had, uh, I think nature was really kind enough to give me opportunity. And also people were so nice that every door I knocked, they opened it and gave me the opportunity. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I was listening to Design MBA where you spoke about like, you you know, you had a, you lived in a shack or a cubicle. How do you how do you guys call it? <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's not a slum, but uh, it's a better version of a slum. Uh, if you watched some slum dog millionaire, right, you'll see the where the kid comes from. It's like a small shacks, but I I'm not from that kind of a. Uh, place but uh, um, it's a little better than that but 
uh, India is a overpopulated country and um, my house, if I have to tell you in square feet, I think it's around uh, 10 by 10, well, maybe less than that. Um, so in that we had divided the, our small little uh, room into kitchen and <laughs> and the rest were like for me to my, my sister, my mother and myself living there. Okay. And um, yeah, I, 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 when you're a kid, all these things you don't notice. What matters <laughs> to you is good yeah. friends and good time, play, eat, sleep. That's what matters. And uh, I, it never bothered that I'm living in a small place. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I kind of had a similar thing. I grew up in America, in San Francisco, but I grew up without a car. And uh, every day, like 50 <laughs> cars from the same, the kids who were attending the school I went to, I would just see them drive by and I'm like, uh, is this bothering me? Is this not? But you know what I mean? It's just, why am I the, <laughs> why am I the black sheep or why am I, but I think like, you know, society, you know, while people may be the outlier, I think being an outlier is a good thing, you know, just since uh, you don't want to be following the, the stream all the time. So that's, it's really interesting. Um, so you're, how, how are you in, I guess, academics or you know school I, education uh in the school i was not the brightest bulb so <laughs> i um the textual uh, subjects and stuff uh, it was like a bouncer to me it never got into my head but what uh, happened to me was when i when i started sketching when i started falling in love with art uh, every subject and every topic i used to visualize it so in India, we have, um, you know, when you join school, right, you have, um, you have math, social, and uh, uh -huh. science, all the stuff. Every subject I used to visualize, especially uh, social, right, when it comes to history, um, you know, anything that happened in the past in India, right, we were supposed to write it in sentences <laughs> and explain it in words. So I used to sketch them on the book. And I show it to the teacher and get a one tight slap for doing it. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I was not good with uh, education. I still managed to pass and uh, get to a stage where I could get um, get a seat in an arts college. So that's where my career started. Oh, that's that's fascinating. I uh, for me, I was in elementary school. I um. I, uh, there was like this thing, like you get like something called second honors or first honors. And uh, if you're, if you have like a B or higher than, I never got that. <laughs> so <laughs> my, my, I, I thought I would get it, but I, no. <laughs> I, I, I'll share this incident. Um, um, I met my school teacher uh, a couple of months back when I was traveling in India and she was my maths teacher. And um, she used to always remind me that uh, a day will come when you regret not learning maths. And I used to always laugh, but this time when I met her, right, uh, now Lollipop has grown. We have 250 people, eight centers, and I'm every day morning looking at numbers and breaking my head. Like, why didn't I pay attention to this maths class during school? <laughs> and uh, I, I admitted to her that, yes, I'm crying about it now. <laughs> I wish I paid attention during school. I, I, I guess, no, I had to ask you how, how like, I have different people people i talk to and like just i guess friends like they say school is not that important in terms of uh you know being an entrepreneur right like but but it depends on like what you want to do right because if you want to be a lawyer or doctor then you kind of do need those degrees but for you did you like see school as kind of 
necessary to get to the point that you you're you're at or do you feel like you just learned on your own and through mentors and um books uh just self-taught or do you feel like what is your stance on that like it's a very like tool is very very important and the one who's uh-huh. made big without school i really appreciate them but um uh, i wouldn't spread a message uh, that school is not important i always will uh, openly tell people that go to school pay attention because school is not just about the subjects that you read but it's about right. the people that you meet it's about the friends you make and it's about your emotions you share with people and you're not just with your um um your friends in the school right your classmates in the school it's about the teachers it's about the process discipline there's quite a lot of things that you learn which comes very handy when you become an entrepreneur um a lot of things that i've learned in the school um i uh, i i was very thankful because uh, especially uh, my timing discipline is something that i learned in the school and in india the school that i went to yoga was compulsory yoga yeah yeah that was compulsory and i really uh, i'm very thankful that uh, i used to hate when my teachers used to in um, unlike us right in india back in 90s the teachers used to beat us up when What? i say yeah, yeah. when i say beat it like bruises oh shit <laughs> yeah so uh, my yoga teacher used to chase me and pin me down and like do it so i used to hate those days but now i feel that i'm very flexible and i can do that i'm still practice it and thanks to my school forcing that yoga on me <laughs> so um school is very important and school is not just about uh, the subjects that you learn but the people that you deal with and a uh, lot of uh, soft skills that you learn in school comes very handy when you become an entrepreneur absolutely yeah i think you know there was a misconception for people who are i guess maybe younger or you know the society in the world's changed a lot with the internet and then just like uh can is it worth going to school if like we had two years of zoom and people just learned on the internet and you know it's <laughs> kind of just one of those things that got turned upside on his head but i i definitely agree with you you know school is a place where um people can find out who they are and express themselves and um it's it's definitely uh it's it's something you don't or well there is a tuition but there's you know how do you put the value in terms of the experience or yeah one thing you- that i learned in school is how to talk to strangers and <laughs> friends um that's what you do when you become an entrepreneur right you mm-hmm. go meet people where you never met them earlier and uh, you pitch your concept you try to sell your product or services to them so school teaches you all this stuff so how you make friends and you how you stay in touch with them and how you see emotions in their face all those things come very handy sure sure so where did where did you go to school exactly was it always in india or did you yeah it was in india and uh, my um the initial education was in a very small school and uh, um in in bangalore and after that uh, my college which is um my art college was in again in bangalore a very well known art school uh, in bangalore called chitrakala parishad and i was very fortunate enough to get a admission there and i studied for 5 years first two years were basic art and um, fine art and the next 3 years was about visual communication and graphic design so all in bangalore and after that i worked for some time just to gain that industry experience then i did my masters in new zealand 
I worked and lived in New Zealand for 10 years. Yeah, yeah, masters in New Zealand. Wow, that's uh <laughs> yeah. That's that's amazing. I I guess uh no, I I um I I don't want to pull too much from design MBA but there was a part in there you were like cleaning floors yeah. or something. Like what exactly? Gonna, Can you tell yeah, us a little bit? I was going to get there. So <laughs> during my uh, college um my mother was very very clear that uh, she couldn't financially support me for my education and uh, she said you figure things out. um my scene was i lost my dad when i was 4 years old so it was my mother um who used to work and feed us and um, um the money that she earned was not enough for me to uh, go to an art school so um it was good enough for my sister's education but for, uh, for mine i had to figure my own stuff so as a 15 year old kid who will give me a job unlike us where you can go and work in mcdonalds or kfc right we don't have, we didn't have such things here in um, india those days so sweeping floors was one of the options but actually i went to the place not to sweep floors there was a job uh, opening for caricature artist so i went to apply and i realized that i was not good enough to apply for the job and then um i then there were the other options where like or the, um, they offered me if you want to sweep the floors and uh, and i was like okay i'll do it whatever if you want to pay me money i'll do that so i did that for 2 years i was sweeping the floors after school after college and uh, then i made enough to pay my fees that's yeah that that's 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 a very i guess you know not too many people would want to talk about that so that's that's <laughs> that's great that you can um no well, it's a wonderful experience i uh-huh. think um it's 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 like um you 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 stay very grounded when you do such kind of a job so you meet people um people who are not educated and people who are educated and uh, you make <laughs> friends with them you know you then you'll figure out how to deal with them so the when when i started lollipop i had people who were cleaning lollipop so oh. every time i see them after office hours right i had a special uh, bonding with them and <laughs> <laughs> um, um beautiful feelings for them so because i was there once absolutely I to, yeah i used to always encourage them like uh, this is where i started and they used to feel good that's awesome man yeah i think uh that's really rare in in a business where the ceo or anyone gives respect to I, it's really rare. I I guess like I know like how did you learn design or how did you learn uh so they they taught you of course right but like how did you figure out you were good at design or was it art or was it drawing how did you figure out that you were good and you wanted to to pr- pursue like this profession because not too many people um I I don't I don't know how they really they just nowadays you can see it but back then there must not have been you know figma or sketcher one of those things right or photoshop whatever <laughs> so until 1997 i never thought i would get into computers so everything i created was uh, handmade so the brochures uh-huh. the leaflets the logo that i created for companies everything was handmade so uh, back then the technology was limited and um, if you if you know about bromide if you know about negatives and th- these are the olden days <laughs> pre-dial-up years technology where we used them we used to create logos <laughs> using hand and we used to scan them and uh, turn them into negatives and then 
um there's a whole process the screen printing process right so i was very good at that and then um i thought i will always stick to art and i will be an artist and uh, i will do murals paintings and uh, work for indian movies where indian movies require art direction and i always thought that my career would that's what that's where i'm going to build my career but i did try my hands on everything and then 1997 i realized that um, fine art doesn't have any career it's very slow and it'll take years and years like any artist around the globe right they don't start selling painting from day one right you need to paint and master it and if you look at michelangelo leonardo da vinci or pablo picasso right they all sold their paintings at the old age so <laughs> i didn't realize that, that. I didn't this is that. not my thing this is not my thing then i uh, one of my good friend introduced me to computers and it was a company where they were looking for an artist who could draw on computers that was my first experience until then i've i've heard about computers but i've seen computers in the internet parlor we <laughs> the, we call the cyber parlor in uh, india so i've seen it but i've never uh, touched or never operated i never had an email until then so uh my first experience was drawing on computer and i was so fascinated i was like what on earth is this and i was drawing on a wacom tab with pen at the wire and uh, when you draw something on the wacom it used to take a couple of seconds to appear on the monitor so there was a lag between uh the the tab and uh, the system so i was so happy to see it and then that's it and uh, the the founder of the company said dude you could you're really good at drawing and uh, if you want a job drawing on computers i have a job open for you um, <laughs> that's so funny i i don't even remember the first I, I, time i used a computer i think well we had one at home my dad had one but uh it was like a big box like it, it wasn't a mac it was um, i forget but and then at school like for me we had uh i think we had max but they were the big blockier ones and it was just i i was a kid in like 2000 to 2005 and i think i just used it <laughs> to to play uh this dinosaur game <laughs> yeah. but nice. but for you like i think i also overheard in a conversation you you did <laughs> somebody told you to turn the computer off and you you unplugged yeah. it is that is that how that went? yes my boss uh, um um yeah, i think the second or third day he said um, i was working late and he said dude you should go home he said just turn off the computer so i un- unplugged it i didn't know that you have to click on start and shut down because i was only shown the tab yeah. and draw on it and it appears on the monitor and there was another person coming and saving all those artworks i didn't even know how to save that and then that curiosity led me to learn computers and i was like what is this now let me operate it then i started using the mouse and uh, the keyboard and um, it, it was beautiful and after that i was so curious about what what do people do here so once i draw there was another department you used to take my drawing and animate it okay and it was a frame by frame animation so it was 24 frames per second on flash then then i learned flash then i figured out that there are shortcuts in flash and you could do the same thing scripting so it's called action script and then i learned action script and after action script then i learned flex then got back into its basic html and from there went to java and then i from a typical artist now i became a coder 
full time <laughs> software engineer I, coder <laughs> yeah from 2001 onwards i was i was like a geek i was like people used to call me a creative geek uh in a nice way good way just i guess you took it in a good way right <laughs> yeah you know in a good way and um, i loved it i loved it i used to turn all my drawings and all my beautiful things that i created and i turned that into code and um, i think bringing art and technology together it's mm-hmm. it, uh, it's like a magic yeah i i have a question saved for you for later let's let's talk about it later but i think it's just well, well, i'll just ask you the I'll, i'll throw the question into the air the question is like do you think that design or entrepreneurship is art or science but let's just have you think about it and i'll ask you in like 10 minutes or 20 minutes but um you know when when you kind of get into your story you you say that you you literally did not know how to use a computer and i think like every engineer never knew how to code right or every um movie director didn't know how to make a movie at one point and i think in society now like present times like people my age in their 20s and 27 but um they just want the job and it's like this this chicken and egg thing where the job requires like five years of proof that you can do it however there's no way to know how to do it unless you had a job so it's like very confusing um with you when you were just learning how to you know do user experience or user interface stuff um did that take you that took you like a year or two and how did you get your first job actually that's a really that's a question i love to ask you how did you get your first job um my first job um was because i was an artist and i had enough to show that uh, i was good at it and um, um art was something that i studied for 5 years and after the college i had a beautiful solid portfolio oh and got me the job and art is uh, um, um it's not a common skill it's a very rare skill right <laughs> you don't find good artists everywhere and if you find them they always end up getting a job somewhere and uh, they, they, today artists are in demand because of the nfts and um, nfts yeah yeah and all this stuff <laughs> so uh, back in those days they were still in demand the good artists used to always find a way uh, in a company so i got my first job because i i was good at sketching i was good at cartoons and i was good at caricature and stuff and those were the days when uh, people used to exchange e cards e greeting cards mm-hmm. so uh, and then they required artists to come and do all those beautiful uh, characters moving around the screen be it wallpaper be it animations and stuff so that's what that's how i got my first job but uh, i think in today's world the expectation has changed um, um it's because the learning is not limited to university learning is not limited to anyone anyone even the people sitting in the remotest play, place in africa can learn anything just open the youtube there's so much information out there and within a week a with a little bit of an internet connection and the curiosity you can become a ux designer and I, thus the company's expectations are increasing they want people even if you don't have the experience they are expecting you to have a good portfolio because uh, it, it's like you know how to make a good portfolio because there is hundreds of videos on youtube on how to make a good portfolio with these videos are created by one of the best designers in the world so 
Why didn't you see that? Why didn't you make a good portfolio? The Tusk companies <laughs> are like, uh, so they don't, they, the companies are not buying any reasons now. Now, if they say that I never got an opportunity to you know, work, I never had an experience to you know, put on my profile. I don't think so. Companies are buying that reason anymore. Yeah, th- thanks for clearing that up. I uh, I know that you are like an executive who sees that all the time, I bet. So. Yeah, um, here in India, right, uh, there is one common problem. Uh, mm-hmm. People um, from metro places, right, in the city, major city, they speak very good English. And people mm-hmm. from rural places, they struggle to speak English. Um, years back, uh, companies would accept it. But today, um, you can access anything. And uh, with the Netflix and the Prime yeah. Video Company, there are a lot of rural people watching English content now. Okay. So watching series, they're watching uh, Game of Thrones, they're watching all kinds of series. Now, uh, uh, when they can understand the series, they are now they have to make an attempt to learn that language, speak that language. So the companies are very clear now. Now, if they say that, hey, I come from a smaller town, I can't speak English, now they're not accepting it. How 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 hard is it to learn English? I I I no, I see your point for sure. It's uh, <laughs> it's no, it's, it's it's the same with any domain. It's like um, I I come across so many profiles. They say that I'm a um, uh, I'm a budding UX designer. I ask them what is budding UX designer, and no, I'm new to this domain. And then I'm like, uh, what is new to this domain? So did you learn yesterday or did you learn last week? So if you learn yesterday and last week, then you're too soon to apply for a job. No, wow. no, I've been practicing it for a year. So you've been practicing it for a year. That means eight hours a day. That is 40 hours a week. Even if you take Saturday and Sunday break, that is 160 hours a month. That means you have learned a lot. That, that means you should have a good portfolio, enough to show me, right? So people don't have those things. They just have reasons to say that, hey, I'm new to this. Can you give me a job? And I'll prove it. Like, why don't you prove it and then come and show yeah. what <laughs> up and then I'll give you a job. Wow, yeah, it's it's uh I think you know with jobs it was uh like traditionally people you know they would jo- jo- the job markets change where traditionally I think uh people go to a school and they that's that's maybe how it was or how it somewhat is for depending on the job, but like I think the job markets uh getting getting a job people getting a job definitely got harder right like but but getting a job also um it's 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 changed a, a lot just just in terms of how people get employed and all that right in the tech industry and design particularly right yeah i think uh, the people uh, it's it's become a very competitive world and, sure and uh, I see that in the design industry and I see new age designers, they come with so much knowledge. It feels like I'm outdated now. Wow. <laughs> yeah, they are like watching, hearing podcasts like yours uh, from <laughs> leaders across the globe and uh, they're watching tutorials on YouTube. They, they, they sometimes they speak as if they've seen everything, they've, they've done everything and uh, it, it feels like I have to learn a lot of things from these guys. <laughs> I, I get so it. much information. There's a whole load of information and <laughs> they're all waiting to put that in action. Yeah, no, I got to ask you, like when you were just starting out in, in design and you just saw that there were these millions of things to learn, did that kind of, what, what, what kept you motivated just because, um, you know, if somebody wants to learn how to be an engineer, like, no, let's just say design, a product designer, 
there's all these things that they don't know how to do and, you know, all these things that I have to learn, but would that deter you or what, 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 what made you curious to, to keep going in that path? Just because um, I feel like, you know, once you get a problem wrong 50 times, you, a normal person does something else, but what exactly kept you going there? Um, I think one good quality that I have is I have a lot of patience and I don't get deviated from things. And even if the industry moves to a different direction, I don't jump into it and start moving in the direction. Like for example, um, it took close to one year to learn flash and accent script. And I learned, I put good amount of hours every day to learn that. So what happened in between the technology changed and a lot of people started speaking about something else and a lot of people moved towards that, but that didn't really affect me. So I was not impulsive to get affected with what's happening with the industry. So I, my, I, I set my mind to learn one thing and master that thing, then move to the next thing. So I think that what kept me going. And uh, that's one piece of advice that I would give to every youngster because um, I'm in, in, in the design world, right? um when um it was called digital design so just a few years back every designer's title was i'm a digital designer and then when the ui ux became big and they all changed their title to ux designer and now uh they're so impulsive that now all the titles have changed to product designer and i'm a full stack full stack designer i'm a design strategist so they are like oh my god i think this title is good i think i have to learn something here so they neither master digital design, nor master the UI design, nor master the UX or product. So they are so impulsive. They were worried about where the industry is moving. I think end of the day, it's all titles. And sure, uh, sure. We, we should just pay attention to the talent. And T- titles should... and compensations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think you just one needs to pay attention to you know, and finish it and then move to the next one, right? Sure, sure. Um, whatever you started and then move to the next one yeah so how the, the, is um well I, I guess there's one more thing i wrote here like uh you, you know you, you spoke in your early days of business kind of getting swindled out of money or not being compensated and i think that happens for a lot of new entrepreneurs right where they don't know how much to charge or how much to to sell something for C- can you like i guess tell us about a story when um i guess you got undercompensated or like maybe there was like a person who like took advantage of you or like something like that i overheard somewhere else like yeah um the very first project right um look uh, the la- um, <clears throat> when i started lollipop i had no experience okay I, I was very good at designing and i was very good at uh, helping brands launch product or launch ideas so uh now um in the 10 years that I worked, I never met a single client. I worked in an organization where the brief was put on my table and all I had to do is read the brief and create campaigns, create designs. So this sure. time when I started on my own, I had to go find the client first. So that was the most difficult thing because when I got my first lead, I didn't even know how to greet the person. Uh, should I say good morning or should I say hello or give an hi-fi? There was a client. <laughs> potential client sitting in front of me and uh, I had to win it because this is my client. This is, and uh, um, I didn't have much credits in India. I left India 10 years back and I've uh, now 2002, I left India and 2011, I came back and people don't know who I am. In New Zealand, I was very well known. Um, I had my website, anil.co.nz and a lot of people knew in New Zealand. 
and ah. in india i am no one so i was trying to talk about uh, my <clears throat> work experience in new zealand and that gave a mileage and after that the client gave me a project he was a very nice person he said good look uh, i trust you you go ahead and uh, get started on the project the next thing was i didn't know how much to charge like what how much i knew that this project had about 150 screens uh, but how much do i charge him this is my first client i don't want to charge him too much where he drops the project or he doesn't give the project to me so um after consulting my friends i charged him 7000 rupees which is um 100 dollars and 100 dollars less than 100 <laughs> yeah 150 screens and i worked for 3 months to get receive an email from the client saying that i'm the worst designer in the world oh shoot <laughs> what the heck so my first experience was like so bad and um, but i didn't give up uh-huh. i was i always blamed myself i said okay maybe i am wrong maybe i didn't know how to deal with it mm-hmm. so after 3 months i was heartbroken and then again i went back to the uh, to the field looking for clients and this time i had learned something then i thought i should not repeat this my proposal had nothing in it there was no terms and conditions it's basically i will create 150 screens it will cost you 100 dollars you pay me 40 dollars down payment and i will start the work that's it wow. there is no rules and don'ts there was nothing because i didn't even know how to write a proposal uh uh-huh. <laughs> man that's so Yeah, I don't think like a business book teaches that right how to do that exactly or yeah, yeah. How, how to try it out quite fast <laughs> fascinating to, and then uh, but going through that experience of course it prepared you to build a global design company yeah over the time I realized that uh, there's a lot of learning and uh, just as a good designer you can't build a company so you have to learn certain business uh, skills uh, people skills soft sure, skills sure and there's quite a lot of things right and over the time i learned um i was curious to uh, learn all those new things and all the people that i met were so wonderful they gave me some tips and some good mentors and um, some clients where i built the project for them they came back and they advised me they told me this is not how you handle the project and you need a project manager so and then i was like okay i can i cannot afford a project manager they said you have to if you want to grow you have to bring in a project manager you cannot be the sales person project manager accountant designer you cannot be everything and you need to bring people to do that and then i got somebody to help me out with managing project how, and, how uh, big is a uh, lollipop design like in terms of employees or you know um headcount and things like that right now Today we are close to 248 across eight centers, uh, four in India, one in Vietnam, Dubai, and two in US. Yeah, is uh, you guys have office in San Jose or no? Just yeah, we have an office. We have a beautiful studio in San Jose and one in Dallas. I guess. And yeah, Salt Lake City also. Okay, I gotta Lake. check drive by or something. What 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 is it like, man? Running a global like a company with com- like. offices and people in different countries is that is that challenging or do you have somebody else who does all that stuff or like what's that like just i guess personally for you um so we came to dubai because this is the nearest location and one of the biggest market 
and uh, uh, when i say dubai it's not just the uae right it's this market is called as mina m e n a that stands for middle east and north africa so uh, it consists of too many countries so we saw this as a big opportunity so we opened in dubai 2 years back and uh, we're doing really good here and we have some really big clients who signed up and uh, the team is growing here and we went to vietnam purely for talent so now vietnam is a beautiful country great engineers and wonderful designers wow. and to my surprise we found one of the best designers in vietnam <clears throat> so we have a beautiful studio in vietnam and uh, to to open an office in such places right where where uh, english is not the main language uh, it's so much fun to learn their culture and um, first you have to learn everything about them from food to everything and then people <laughs> them and make them feel like we have not come here to exploit you but um, we have come here to enable and empower every design how did you pick vietnam just curious i don't think that's a common so place our or... parent company terlogic already had uh, oh, okay. um, the presence over there and uh, they had close to 120 developers in vietnam so that made it very easy for us to go and build a design team there Yeah, you ever thought about like the Philippines or other places or you just stick to those places? I ne- Vietnam was never in my list. Uh, uh-huh. It's because the logic was already there and um um CEO Renil Komitla he said uh, um, why don't you go to Vietnam and uh, spend some time there and uh, meet some designers you'll get an idea of whether uh, if that's the right country for you to build a design team. Wow. So I spent about I spent a week and I realized that um it's a golden opportunity to have a design studio there um then um, we are almost 2 years old now in vietnam we're doing really good in vietnam we got some really big projects i never imagined that we could close some big deals in vietnam that's nice uh, congrats yeah <laughs> one, one thing i had to just a couple more things here but one thing i'd love to ask is a uh, as a starting entrepreneur you know cash might be depends on any everyone but i guess when cash is uh limited limited right like did you find mm-hmm. yourself doing odd jobs i guess like such as sweeping floor or just trying to make ends meet right because while you have this passion and talent like the compensation's not necessarily going to fall from the sky and it's a definitely a fight to land the clients and close sales of course did you did you find yourself working another job when you started uh, lollipop or when you were just a new designer maybe back in india or new zealand like just to help provide for the family and all that stuff. Uh the first one year I had no revenues uh from lollipop. So really? I didn't any odd job. So I I mean I made we made oh. something but it was enough to keep things going. It was not good enough for me to run my family. So but um luckily my savings in New Zealand supported me for one year. And uh, sure. I had to rent my own apartment so that uh i could pay my emis uh, um, what do you mean by that you had to get somebody to rent it for me yeah i was i i bought an apartment in my oh. city and uh, i uh, later realized that if i rent it <laughs> i make no more money and then i was renting my apartment and i took a smaller place for rental so uh, yeah so i was living a very simple life uh, like no there was no car i was i had a motorbike nice and last one two years of lollipop the entire sales and traveling i used to do it on my motorbike and wow. very frugal and <laughs> yeah 
so uh, financially we never borrowed i never did any odd job and uh, lollipop started earning money you know, 100 was good enough for 3 months wait 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 100 rupee or 100 dollars <laughs> us was you can yeah, get 100 dollars us sitting at home and uh, uh, designing 150 screens was good enough man that's that's so uh, humble but, but, but i guess due to inflation and i guess i guess what what would you what would you charge or if you were to go back in time what would you have charged uh knowing like the value that you gave or what's market rate or what do you think the proper thing would have been to charge yeah i'll be very open so we have a similar project and i was just making fun of my sales uh, team uh they know the story and uh, they were like uh, there's 150 screens um it's for an enterprise application so we are charging close to 80000 dollars 80000 yeah <laughs> but, but, but no how, how, I, i i don't know how to comprehend like what 80000 versus is it the same <laughs> how, 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 wait 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 how, how, how does how is how is that justified or like how does somebody come up with 80 you know how, is that just i guess what they can afford or like i guess that's the the um the, the lot of practice ethics. i think the process and the practice have changed this 80000 includes a um uh, strategy it includes um a um, lot of research and uh, workshop and it's not just creating 150 screens but uh, Uh, finding out stories of what goes inside the 150 screens so every screen is our responsibility to make sure that whoever uses whoever interacts with those screen we make the life easy to use those screens so a lot of thought goes into it each screen takes about a day or two so when i started the 150 screens were like a cookie cookie cutting job uh, so uh, I was, what what do you mean a quitting a quick cutting job so it's like a cookie cutting oh cookie cutting so cookie cutting it's like a factory job you just design 150 screens um because the client had everything with him and uh, he had wireframes so i just had to open photoshop and create 150 screens so now things have changed it's nobody comes to us for just creating 150 screens now they come to us with one liner saying that this is what i'm building help us out Yeah, I I can I I think talking to you I think design is one very powerful part of technology, right? Like just mm-hmm. it's hard to understand it if you don't, you know, pry away at the questions but every like app we use or every I guess design everyday things is uh yeah. is it, it influences our lives and and uh it's it's a hidden it's like a hidden uh secret, right? <laughs> <laughs> Um well I know I just got a couple more questions for you. Uh oh, sure. Um Well okay let me see what should I ask. Okay so go, going back to that one question I proposed earlier is entrepreneurship art or science um what do you say? No 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 I just took a screenshot I wanted to put oh. it on on Instagram that uh, doing a podcast with you. Oh dude absolutely please tag me in I'll, I'll promote it as well. Sorry, um, sorry, sorry, sorry. Don't 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 apologize. I, I'm glad you did that. <laughs> But uh, it's so is I guess. Uh, do you think entrepreneurship is um, art or science? And what's your opinion? I think it's a combination of a lot of things. It's timing. It's luck. It's hard work. It's smart work. 
and uh, it's not just one thing right um i've seen a lot of entrepreneurs working really really hard but they don't crack it they don't uh. and i think in the combination of a lot of things it's the timing and uh, it's the luck and hard work it's all mixed and um, and also uh, the thing that you're trying to build um, whether the market is open for it and whether uh, you have the knowledge enough to 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 sell it um, and a lot of people give i've i've come across so many entrepreneurs who have built great products but have no brains to how to sell it wow and they raise funds and they 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 now they have no clue whom to bring to sell the product and <laughs> they have shut they shut they they like give up wow so there's a continuous learning when you're in, when you become an entrepreneur so um work life balance your 9 to 5 you need to remove <laughs> all those things in your from your dictionary so when you become an entrepreneur you're like learning 24/7 I I agree. I agree. Um but but I feel like you know with design do you think design is more art? Well, I don't even want to say is it this or that. It's it's probably design's a lot of science, right? Like you you know you do a lot of research and you do um a lot of conversations and and you do what's worked in the past. Uh do you feel like it's more you're implementing what you already know versus trying something new every time like you're making a new product like you think it's just yeah, i think today the design is a combination of a science maths and art so uh it's not just the science um there is a lot of mathematics into it there's a lot of numbers data and um, um because wow. every business who engages a designer wants to scale the business now if you want to scale the business you need to know the maths you need to know the numbers so you for example um let's take instagram if i have to redesign instagram i need to know the number of active users i need to know the number of business it generates through the active users and if you have to redesign what is the strategy and what how do we increase the numbers how do we increase the users so there is a math and then comes the science and then comes the art so it's a combination of all these three things that makes um an entrepreneur or a design very successful wow that's that's a uh... you have a class i can take in online or something <laughs> i'm not kidding maybe i'm kidding but um one thing that i'd love to just couple a couple more things is um do you shit i kind of forgot uh what was it? what 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 are your ambitions now i oh, actually no i had i just remembered the question so when did you feel like you could step away from being an entrepreneur and just uh cuz i feel like entrepreneurship is people think of that word and they think of uh everything from scratch like hard work hard work like for 17 hours a day or something but was there a time yeah so there was a time right in lollipop when you were like okay this is kind of automated i can shift my focuses to being a manager or you know uh having people the people that i employed and do do the job do you feel like that at that point you you stepped away from being the entrepreneur uh and more of a like a manager do you think that's kind of accurate for a lot of how businesses are are grown so my introduction right if i have to introduce and myself to anyone um yeah. introduce as i'm an artist by art designer by soul and entrepreneur by choice um so um all three things right i'm an art i'm an artist i'm a designer i'm an entrepreneur i make sure i practice all three in a day 
So when Lollipop started growing, uh, it was the people, wonderful people that came together and took responsibility of each and every department. That gave me an opportunity to go out and explore and build even further. So if not for them, if not for them, right, uh, we wouldn't have come this far. It was wonderful people. I, I can, uh, there are so many people, I cannot take names. It's yeah, like, yeah. Uh, if I start now, I need one hour. Really? <laughs> all those people put their heart and soul even though it was not their company they felt like a lollipop is up to something big so they we were all sitting in a garage and we were at, uh, uh, planning big things and they stuck with me for a long time and they said let's do it and uh, then they realized that i am good at certain things and they said okay why don't you do things that you're very good at and leave the rest to us so um, that's what made lollipop big and i played whatever i was good at and uh, they took responsibility of what they were good at and uh, we made mistakes here and there but i'm i'm a person where i allow people to make mistakes i think mistakes the more mistakes you make right it just makes me realize that there's someone trying something new if everybody is playing safe then we're not moving forward we are just stagnant that is uh, just uh, beautifully said. I, I, I'd say... Uh, I'm, I, I, I'm worried when everything is fine at Lollipop. I'm like, <laughs> uh, that's it. I think this is the end. <laughs> oh, man. that's I, I've yet to get to that point. But I, I'm definitely building a business. So I think that, you know, um, I think I think I can achieve a lot of big things. Um, so what are your ambitions now with Lollipop? Is it just, you know, keep getting more customers? Or is it like grow like... Um, my vision is um, I'll be very honest uh, when I say India right uh, I've traveled across the globe and uh, people identify India as a tech destination they think that's where all the engineers are born and there's a lot of IT folks and uh, I just want to change that a bit so India has great artists great designers so I want to put India on map for design Um, so I how I want to do that is first tell the story that um, that uh, we can do great stuff, not just India, right? Every country we go, we don't take people from India and put it in that country. We hire local talent. We enable the local culture and we locally build the studio. Wow. And we, um, even in the US, um, we, we have a couple of people who are born and brought up in the US and uh, it's, it's not an Indian company going everywhere. But I want to tell a story that um, design is not limited to any uh, country. Like uh, when I started Lollipop, uh, there were a couple of really cool projects and I was pitching for those projects. And uh, the founder of the project literally told me that I don't think so Indian designers can design my project. So I'm going to London. Like, why would you go to London? Like, there's a design studio here. Why don't you give us that opportunity? Right. And he was very honest and he was very brutal, brutally honest on my face saying that I don't think so people here can design great things. But, so that got, got me to it. And I said, let's do it. Let's build a design studio where people don't have to go to London or other part of the world so they can get everything done here itself. And now the same story, I'm repeating it in Vietnam. A lot of brands in Vietnam go to other part of the world uh-huh. to design their product. Now they don't have to go. There is lollipop in Vietnam and uh, and they can get that stuff done in Vietnam itself. But but I guess like design right now, it's, it's all virtual, right? Like you don't, there are people, they didn't need to, to, oh, I guess, no, I, I definitely see your point where, where it's like, okay, they, they, 
have bias and they don't yeah, believe yeah. some people still believe that um, all great uh, designs come from other from yeah. from most developed countries and um, you know uh, we have seen ukraine produce one of the best designs and uh, now i came across a designer from thailand and uh, last time when i went to phuket i just met him and i was seeing his work it was a world class and he can't speak english oh. and world class stuff and uh, dude he was so amazing so i think the design or a talent is not limited to any big countries right. or big university today designers are across and the vision for lollipop is like yeah. go to these countries every country and uh, enable designers locally to build products locally well, that's that's very fascinating uh what what are we going to say just one more thing well kind of coming towards like the the end here i talked to you all day of course but i i think the listeners are going to really like this one um just because like design such a fascinating space and you're like the connoisseur with that um but anil i'd love to just ask you what we kind of uh tend to ask a lot of entrepreneurs at the end of the, the podcast and that's um if uh you could give advice to anil the 20 year old self um knowing what you know now what would you what would you say in terms of like building a company and just life in general too i would start from um, uh, physical fitness physical fitness a very rare advice that people would give to entrepreneurs and uh, the, 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 one of the reasons where entrepreneurs um i won't say fail or they won't make it because uh they're mentally disturbed and sure. uh, i believe that for you to mentally be stable you have to be physically fit physically fit you still do yoga you talking about yoga yeah, or everything go for a run practice something so that your body supports you to f- fight the battle every day so your body supports your mind and your mind supports your actions and in a day every entrepreneur goes through a lot of negatives and less of positives and everybody is trying to drag the entrepreneur down or say things that doesn't work for the entrepreneur so for you to take all that and like just not react on all those things just focus on building the company you need to be mentally fit for you to be mentally fit you have to be physically fit so my first advice is look after yourself first because only when you're fit you will build a company when you're not fit when your health doesn't support you can never build any company you cannot build a company with sleeping in the hospital or injecting medicines or you cannot do all this stuff be physically and mentally fit and after that rest everything will fall in place if you continue with the same passion and the same attitude so there are days when uh, it just hits you and slaps you so hard and you go down <laughs> just ensure that you pull it back and nobody is going to pull it back for you yeah, this is entrepreneurship is like uh, it's a battle alone and even when you when i come back home my family doesn't understand what i'm going through and they will only cheer me up but next day i have to wake up and fight this battle again and uh, it is me who has to fight this battle so have to see when i started lollipop right i was so excited every single day when i think of what lollipop is going to become i used to get goosebumps i made sure that goosebumps moment continued every single day so 
sometimes clients just disappear they don't they take my artwork and they don't pay and they just disappear those days i just go down a little bit and but next day early morning i'm up with the same energy and like let's do it and uh, we're going to make it big even bigger i think that's that's that attitude that passion is something that will make you successful build successful products so to sum it up physical fitness mental fitness passion and attitude man i think people i i was one of the best that's the best answer we ever had <laughs> but but no i i think just everyone like for 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 instance like people are they looked their whole life to find their passion and they just realized that maybe it's not monetizable but you had something where you were a drawer a literal lit, literal artist and you turned that into financial success and i think that's i guess like i never i never imagined that yeah. design design would uh, uh, give me so much uh, name fame and money wow i never <laughs> i never ever when i started lollipop i thought it's going to be a small boutique studio uh-huh. and never realized that it uh, i never dreamt that lollipop will grow to become a global design studio and uh, i think this this uh, opportunity is with every entrepreneur sure and you just have to make sure that um, you find happiness in small things not big things so in 2011 when i started i never promised myself that i'm going to be happy when i build a global design company so i told myself that i'll be happy today if i find a client sure and i'll be happy if i can make the client happy and i'll be very happy if my designs turn out good so i found happiness in very 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 small things and the small things were every single day sure so those happiness kept me going and uh, i always celebrated every small thing when i say celebration big celebrations like how i celebrate being a global design leader right so even back in 2011 i celebrated every small thing that's that's so amazing i think just i i don't know it's just uh it's a 10 year overnight success right <laughs> <laughs> so i started at 30 years old i'm 43 now oh wow no that's such, so so really well put i just that's this admirable man I, i admire that um what one one couple more things here is like what what books i don't know like what's a favorite book of yours it doesn't have to do with design or anything just i don't know like something you've enjoyed or I read random stuff. I'm I am on I I I I'm not good with books. Uh-huh. I listen to a lot of uh, e-books, I um podcast videos and I do that when I'm running. Um, so I wake up 4 uh-huh. o'clock in the morning and by 5 o'clock I start my workouts and that's when I listen to stuff. Um um I still haven't got into the habit of reading books but I listen to <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm writing a book so I'll, I'll send you the audiobook <laughs> but I have uh, I, I I have a long list of books that I want to read but I will do it when I'm... right now it's like a roller coaster for me I'm, I I don't know where I wake up sometimes I wake up in Vietnam <laughs> and <laughs> sometimes I wake up and realize that which country I am in now and so as that's that's the dream man right? I think uh So the find when i take flights i always uh, think that this is the time i should read book but that's the time i sleep <laughs> man you're you're doing it all um what what well for design one question for designers like what uh what designers should someone uh try to well that's that's a question like how does somebody well, is there like a book on designer like is how, how would you recommend someone learn 
learning design right now other than doing it like is it just is there a good youtube channel or like a good blog or something like that that you know that you'd support or um just is one that you actually use right now or uh most of my learnings have been through live projects projects and, um, uh, it is important for designers to follow non-designers No. and uh, i see that a lot of designers uh, keep looking at all the design influencers and every design influencer is repeating the same stuff in their own style so uh, they are either talking about important five things you should know about ux design it's the same thing repeated by different people so i always follow non designers i follow leaders in healthcare i follow leaders from fintech so the domain knowledge is very important so when i follow them right when i work on healthcare project it becomes very easy for me to know what what are the compliance like for example in us you have hipaa compliance so i've read everything about hipaa compliance and i've read i've heard and i've seen people talking about it now when i have to design for a healthcare project for us market it's a piece of cake for me because i have learned everything about healthcare and hipaa compliance <laughs> and and what works in the us and what are the guidelines so my advice to designers are uh, there's plenty of books don norman's books are wonderful and the design uh, everyday things right that, that's one yeah I you should start from there and you should start from that and uh, i've read that book many times and the one is recently launched even that one is great but i haven't read that yet i met don norman last time when i was in um, in the, in the us and such a uh, inspiring leader so i sp- i got an opportunity to spend a day with him and he was talking about all the great things and i think a uh, very important uh, topic that every designer should read or uh, even think about is eth- ethical design so uh, today uh, design is disrupting but uh, i i'm not a big fan of this word disruption i am mm-hmm. a big fan of uh, enabling so i would love to enable people instead of disrupting things so um ethical design is very very important everything that we design we have to keep in mind um uh, apart from business what impact uh, it causes to the people like for example sure. um tiktok right at, tiktoks like one of those things where it's uh, tiktok netflix uh, is it really important to autoplay the next episode uh, right. it is not, you really don't have to autoplay it uh, right and uh, you just leave it it's up let, let 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 the people sitting there take a call whether they should auto play it or not because too much too many people are, are getting addicted to watching series and they're not able to yeah. pull themselves out and even the food delivery applications sure uh, you know the person uh, you 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 know the person is eating pizzas and burgers which is not good sure. so please do not give them any 50% discount because it's not good now that you know he loves pizzas don't kill him with pizzas Man. so be 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 little mindful right now he knows pizzas now why don't you give him a 50% discount on the gym i love it i love it <laughs> <laughs> so that's ethical design so uh, but business don't want to do that business yeah. wants to feed him pizza and one day uh, heart attack gone. or something right sure. <laughs> yeah, so like designers that. should learn ethical design and uh, designers should advise this to the business because if you give the person uh, a free um organic salad who eats pizza every day right that's something good you do wow, yeah, maybe true, you will change an habit of eating pizza maybe you will convey a message to him saying that hey 
you had three pizzas and this is what it does to your body here is a free salad for you here is a fresh juice for you wow man and then people have that special respect for your brand man we should make a new new delivery app <laughs> you know it's so funny i know i i was in a uh, one more story i i was in a elevator with uh, tony chu the guy who made doordash and i actually saw him at a basketball mm-hmm. game and I just said hi. Oh my gosh, I'm a fan. He was like, oh, I'm on the phone. I'm on the phone. But <laughs> just one of those interesting folks that, uh, I mean, there's, you know, San Francisco. You walk around and you, you know, maybe you see the homeless people, but then you see like the CEO of DoorDash or like Uber, <laughs> whatever it is. It's just like, holy shit! Like billionaire here, broke as hell here. I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Like which one do i which one but i i have so much respect for people in the middle class and i think that you know we should always have middle class you know kind of kind of um accountability or just a attitude because when somebody gets too famous they they lose their shit like i don't know yeah. it's 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 proven uh, everywhere and there's a beauty in being in middle class because yeah. you experience both sides of the world man that's yes. there's a there's a day when you feel homeless <laughs> Oh, yeah. and there are days when you're like oh man i can afford that beer <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get a beer one day man i swear um uh well <laughs> last question i know I, i can't say thank you so much for the time here i think that i got a lot wiser today so <laughs> one, one thing one thing is uh if you were to tell your startup mindset how would you articulate what your startup mindset is my startup mindset it's about now i've reached a point where i'm thinking about environment i'm thinking about sustainability i'm thinking about ethical things um because the last uh, 23 years in my career i've built products which is which i never thought about ethical things so i've built products purely purely for business so if i have to start something or if i want to build a company i would put sustainability and ethical in the front and then build so i would put these two keywords in the front and uh, i think i've uh, i'm financially stable now and, and and i anything more will only cause damage to me <laughs> so oh, yeah. now is the time to give it back so that's man. that's that, that deserves a round of applause man but uh thank you thank you so much today i think can't say enough about you know what what i've learned in an hour or so so thanks awesome then was great and um I think this is the first time I'm answering questions and like this where um I've been myself and man. this is <laughs> I just poured my heart out. Oh man. That uh, I... does it for another amazing episode of our mindsets. We want to say thank you again to our growing audience. Um I hope you like this one, you know. We're really genuine here and uh we don't like to, you know, do things for cloud or you know, like other podcasts I'm seeing Now, hold on hold on i'm getting a little bit off the track here but i promise you i got a point you know i just like to speak from the heart and you know speak from authenticity and i think that's you know what delivers a great podcast here if you like the show share it with your friend tell your mom tell your dad tell your sister tell your brother um and yeah you know give anil a follow on instagram it's anil.design and you can also check him out on linkedin or uh so <laughs> episode description below Um and you know happy halloween you guys you know um more great things on the horizon here and we wish you luck in your own startup journey 
And we hope that you cultivate your startup mindsets by listening to this podcast. Peace.